535, hit us out to Laredo About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso No luggage in the trunk, just me and Sakee Headed back Dallas, Texas, now we serving these beans Welcome to the I-35 Sports Connection. How we doing today? Doing great. Mila here. Triple A in the house. It is football season! Do, do you hear that? Do, 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 do. do you know what that is? The pounding of my heart watching the Cowboys this last week. No, no one cares about them. Uh, that is wow. that is the Big 12 coming back to life. Oh, sheesh. Yeah, you are right. So, you know. We're going to be 12 teams again? We might temporarily have 14, depending on when OU and Texas leave. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so let's definitely talk a, talk about that. But let's kind of like tell them what's coming on the show first and then kind of go into the Big 12. Absolutely. We are going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and how they broke my heart and made me experience every emotion my body had to offer on Thursday. Again, right? Because that's, that's, that's like a normal occurrence. No, no, no. This was different. Oh, okay. This was different. Okay, okay. okay. Then we're going to talk okay. about the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about how my overbet on the Royals may happen. And like, Ooh. I'm not saying, but I'm saying like, y'all should be listening to me when I be saying shit. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into the Big 12 first, because that's pretty much the biggest news. So yes. like, do you want to talk about who the Big 12 just signed? Yes. Because it was a 11 team interview process and they chose who? Oh, I, I kind of like where this geographically mapped out, but we've got Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and UCF, University of Central Florida. And and let's talk about this, right? So BYU was the biggest independent not named Notre Dame. Yep. It also gives you that West Coast, West side of the country mm-hmm. late game. And, and this is why it's important, right? Because football and basketball in the, big t- in the Pac-12 – is known as Pac-12 at dark or Pac-12 at night, right? Mm-hmm. They get the biggest ratings at that time slot at night because they're they're the only teams in the country right. playing at that time. So now you have an opportunity to be more valuable because you can offer that late, late game that comes on after prime time, right? So there's a valuable commodity there by just adding BYU. Hmm. Okay. Then Florida. You've just extended your recruiting window of Hell players yeah. that you can get. And great places to go watch a game. And team that's finished better than Texas in, like, in the last few years, too. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Wait, wait. Are they back? They're most certainly not back. They lost this last week, just in case you didn't yep. know. And then Happy Houston, you just added the biggest, the biggest city in all of Texas. The Cougs. The Cougs, whose Paul got lost or... Yeah, the cougar got his like finger cut off or something. I don't know. It's a really emo story. Yeah, very, very sad. And then Cincinnati and Ohio will claim that this is where football was created, was Ohio. So like, I mean, that's why the you, Football Hall of Fame is there. Yeah, so you get Hampton. the history of Ohio. You get Cincinnati, which has the hottest young coach in all of football. You get, you know, you get that Midwestern team that kind of fits your Big 12 demographic uh, yeah. right there. So, like, all in all, you added solid programs and not mm-hmm. just in football but in basketball as well you yep. might i think maybe only the big east could rival you in in basketball product right now with, yeah. with what you just signed so this well, is fantastic and i said i liked it geographically because if you think about it iowa now has somebody closer in cincinnati west virginia now has someone kind of closer at least in the t- same time zone in florida well and i mean cincinnati's closer than kansas yeah you know, so 
Yeah, so I really like that geographically because to me, I kind of, the, the way the Big 12 was spread out, it kind of reminded me of the NFC East. Like, you've got all of these East Coast teams in the Giants, the Bad Words, and the, um, the Eagles. And then all the way down at a different time zone, you've got the Cowboys. And it's like, what? what? Okay. Yeah, so you did your best to, to stay as close to geographic mm-hmm. as you can, but still giving partners to West Virginia, so it's not yeah. always a multi-time zone trip. Right. Uh, It'll be crazy, though, when UCF and West Virginia have to play mm-hmm. uh, BYU. Yeah, that's going to be wild. Yeah. But you also gave yourself more financial attractiveness by yeah. adding a, a after-primetime game that truly only the Pac-12 could offer, and... I'm not saying, but I'm saying BYU did just beat Utah, uh, mm-hmm. which is one of the higher-ranked teams in the Pac-12. So, like, you're going to offer a more attractive football product than the Pac-12, who USC was ranked until they got rolled by Stanford, who you, who your team, the K-State yep. Wildcats, destroyed in Dallas. So there's a lot of uh, potential attractiveness there uh, with adding those teams. And do you know what? Do you want to know who, who called something? Oh, yes, please go for it. I mean, I'm not saying, but I'm saying Bob Bosley said basically the the value of sports is going to continue into the future when it's time to renegotiate when they ask them about what kind of like financial implications is there by adding these teams. And mm-hmm. I told everybody not to freak out because with the streaming avenues, with the demand of live content, with people watching less and less commercials because of DVR, sports right. becomes more valuable. Someone is going to pay for the Big 12 so they can have a live product, commercials yeah. that people sit through, and you have the after primetime game, which as gambling becomes more and more rampant and more and more accepted and more states allow it, you will be the only ticket in town and that will drive your ratings up. So there's a lot of good stuff here uh, if you're a Big 12 fan. It'll also be kind of interesting gambling in Utah. <laughs> I'm super looking forward to going to a game in Provo, though. One of the most beautiful stadium setups you'll see. Just, yes. like, aesthetically pleasing and everything with the mountains in the background. So, okay, And to, to hit the beach and go to a football game in Central Florida? Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, how central are they? I think it's Lakeland. Okay, so they're kind of ish. They're not too far from like yeah. Cocoa and stuff. So okay, okay. So say so yeah, that works. Or Clearwater, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. One of them. <laughs> you can get to a beach. Florida yeah. ain't that wide. Florida's not that big. Yeah, it's not Texas. True. Um, so I'm gonna hit him with some dates. So BYU will be joining around no later than 2023. Um, but the rest of the other three, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, the earliest they could come is July 2024. And why is that? Uh, because those, so BYU is an independent, so they can kind of like, Do they have they flexibility to, to come in. But the rest of the three teams, they're in the AAC, mm-hmm. which has a 27 month notice, but keywords is no later than 2024 that they join. So just like anything else, if you want to join bad enough, there's always financial, financial reasons for you to join, but yep. there's no rush from the big 12 because OU and Texas, they have to pay you until 2025 unless a buyout is agreed upon. And if I'm Bosley, it's like, we can do a buyout if you do the full amount and leave early. Like, that's the only buyout I'll do. I'll let you leave early, but mm-hmm. you still pay your full amount up to 2025. So there is no rush um, to, to do any of this. You already got it locked in. So yep. that's what's good news for the Big 12. Let's go into some, I don't know, it was kind of like 50-50 news for the Cowboys. What do you think? <sighs> 
Deep sigh, woosah, breathe in, breathe out. I'm going to talk about the bad first because I want to get it off my chest. Freaking Greg Zerline, you have one job, literally one job. Ah! What's his job? The freaking kicker. You literally have like one of, I'm not going to say the easiest job, but you have a pretty cushy job. Your nickname can't be Greg the Leg. You cannot use the leg as a nickname. Look, let me run around. you're going to be shanking Let things. me find him in Dallas and he's going to be Greg the No Legs. Ooh, my, uh. that's violent. Are we a violent show? It didn't. I didn't say what was gonna happen. Maybe I kick him in the shins, and he's like, "Ow!" Okay. And then that's that, you know. So I think Greg the Leg looked terrible. Don't even call him that. He he's been stripped of that name. <laughs> stripped. So what's his name? Greg No Legs Erline. Yeah. Oh my yep. god. He's yeah. still your kicker, though. You do realize this. I don't give a shit. Uh, Absolutely uh, not. And then outside of uh, Diggs, your defense looked pitiful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say pitiful. I mean, there's definitely some holes in the Let, let me rephrase that. Your secondary looked pitiful. Yes, yes. There's definitely some holes there. Definitely some opportunities. I mean, Tom Brady was looking like he was like 30 years old. He was slinging. I, to be fair, that's also Tom Brady. It's also Tom Brady, but I mean, yeah. Godwin. Uh, yeah. That was. Yeah. But on the upside, I mean,. For playing the Super Bowl champions. Y'all should have won. You had moments to win. We had plenty of moments to win. And Dak looked incredible. Dak looked fantastic. I think he threw almost like, was it like 60 passes or something? Like it was something crazy. You know what's wild? Is that like, he looked incredible, but imagine if CeeDee Lamb didn't have all those drops. I know. I know, but that... he redeemed Honestly, himself later on yeah. in the game, but he started off there. You could yeah. tell there was nerves there. I, I was shocked to see CD drop so many balls. I mean, nerves and also, like, if you didn't play any preseason ball, like, that, no. that that's also kind of where some of that... Amari looked great, issues. though. Amari kind of started slow, though, too. I, but I, think, I think Amari heard our podcast. I was talking about maybe he's on the chopping block and was yeah, like, look, I got to like, step I'm up. Turning it on. Hey, but I've been pro Amari this whole time, and what did I say? When he's healthy, he's good. Mm-hmm. So... He looked fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, Zeke looked like crap and blah, 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 blah. Zeke didn't look like crap. They didn't utilize him in the way that a running back is supposed to be utilized. But they did u- utilize him to protect Dak, which I can appreciate for this first game. I mean, hey, maybe, you know, maybe there was a conversation of like, hey, I need some more protection. Zach Martin being out. Like, maybe we can. I, I like appreciated that switch up for sure. And, and I, I do. And look, Zeke only ran the ball 11 times. And I actually don't have a problem with that. I I agree wholeheartedly. He ran it faster. He didn't look good. With with Kellen Moore saying, look, it doesn't matter how I get the yards as long as I get yards. I don't care if it's a run, if it's a pass, it's whatever, which I agree with. Mm -hmm. But if Zeke is always running the ball when he gets the ball, and when you bring Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard's the guy you're using in the screen game. It becomes very predictable. Exactly. That's my fear. Is that like you aren't u- utilizing Zeke enough, especially for what he's paid for in the passing game enough? I'm fine if you only want to run it with him 10 times, but give him more opportunities in the passing game because right. it cannot be the only Tony Pollard passing game show as far as like the running backs are sure. concerned. Or I'm not going to ever buy Zeke as someone who's going to hurt me in the passing game. So anytime he's in the game and there's no Pollard, 
I know that it's not going to be a pass to Zeke. Like, that's mentally what I would mm-hmm. think if I was Tampa Bay's defense. Sure. I mean, yeah, and everybody is going to watch film. You know, the next team that plays them is going to watch his film. They're going to be like, hey, okay, we shouldn't, you know, we should be watching out for these things. But um, another thing I do want to talk about that wasn't so great for me is some of the coaching calls. So if Greg Zerline couldn't make it at oh less gosh. than 40 yards – why would you try for 60? Like, wh- why? Why? <laughs> why not Why not do another shot at the end zone? Like, why not yeah. try to go for it? Why, why go for a 60-yard field yeah. goal? It just it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, yeah, it probably. Why settle for field there. goals if he's struggling? Right. Go, go, go for, for it. What, do you, for what it. do you have to lose? I mean. And then the, the other call I didn't like was that Gronk is killing you. Gronk is literally killing uh. you in this game. And in his second touchdown of the night, you decide you have you have Tank Lawrence mm-hmm. and you have your backup linebacker in Wilson. You decide it's a good idea to have Tank Lawrence go into coverage and your linebacker rush the quarterback when Tank Lawrence is the highest paid person on your defensive line and two years ago had the most sacks on your team. But you chose to have the backup linebacker be the guy to try to Go get Brady. Yeah. And not your more agile linebacker to to, to guard Gronk. So wow. that was puzzling. And guess what happened? Brady picked up on it and threw a touchdown. Like that yep. defensive possession didn't quite yeah. make sense to hey, me. Hey, hey, and guess what happened? Tank Lawrence injured his foot. So that's also right. not fun. So so where are we at now with Tank? We're three back surgeries. Yeah. Torn labrum, foot. Not it's good. uh, it's a very expensive, not looking good. Yeah, uh, and then isn't your other DN in COVID protocol? Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, uh, Randy Gregory, uh, COVID protocol. Maybe he'll play. Oh, and Dan- honestly, well, like in in all fairness, I really thought this COVID protocol was gonna get worse from Zach Martin. I was just waiting for them to be like, and everybody on the O line is out in COVID protocol. So I will say at least there's that. I don't know how they're... I'm not going to blame anybody on the injury or the COVID. You know what I am going to blame? Your Canada? your tackle... <laughs> South Park joke there. <laughs> your your tackle, Collins, mm. skipping drug tests and being suspended yep. for five games. Yep. yep. Five games. Yeah. And now you have who looks like Terrence Steele starting at tackle. And if I remember correctly, yeah. Terrence Steele was basically Ole into Dak. So like that's what's that's what's not good there. Is that like yeah. you're worrying about the future, but we'll kind of pause that uh and talking about the next game because we've got our little pit stop for the Cowboys coming out tomorrow. We will be playing the Chargers. No, no, that music didn't fit them. But all right. All right. Anyways, that's lightning. Let's talk about the cluster F that was the Chiefs game. Oh baby. Oh, so it looked worse than what it was. Really? Because it looked pretty bad, and I, it was pretty bad. Well, I mean, if you listen to our last episode, I told you the way Cleveland was going to beat you. Look, the only reason y'all won is because Cleveland, Cleveland. Okay, well, Cleveland does Cleveland. They don't rock. They yeah, Cleveland. They Cleveland. But anyway, uh, I told you Cleveland was going to do one thing and to try to beat you, and that was utilize their tight ends. Mm-hmm. Their tight ends destroyed you most of the game, got over 100 yards in Joku and, and Hooper combined, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what you did on your last three defensive possessions to come back and win that game? You forced Baker Mayfield 
to throw to his wide receivers and not Najoku or Hooper. Yeah, that was kind of one of those game time adjustments, which good. I mean, you know who who predicted this? Who said take them out and force Baker to go to the wide wide receivers? Who? It be me. Who? <laughs> who? It's me. Why don't y'all listen to me when I be telling y'all things? Like I know what I'm talking about. So. That was big. Uh, and then the other part was what Patrick Mahomes mentioned before the game is that, like, look, when we're in the red zone, when we're on their side of the field, we need touchdowns, not field goals. Cleveland went for touchdowns. They got touchdowns. We got field goals. That's why we got down early. But that first possession, third quarter, you come out, you score a touchdown. I think that pretty much you saw the momentum change and you saw the Chiefs going to, to eventually win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – a couple things you're nervous about if you're Kansas City, right, is that, like, you got ate up by a team's tight ends. Once again, you yeah. knew that was their game plan because you had just played them in the playoffs. What are you going to do to stop somebody else from doing Which that? Which is crazy that, like, did you guys not watch game tape? Like, what happened there? I don't – I I just I, – I don't get it because they obviously watched it because the last three possessions for Cleveland, we stopped them, Right. And your next game is against Baltimore, who has one of the better tight ends in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting what you do in that game. Um, but also, I, I will say, you know, you're you're without one of your linebackers. You had your rookie Bolton starting. Uh, so there was some difficulty there, but you had to knew, know this was coming. Uh, the Honey Badger missed this game, which, by the way, Chiefs Twitter, can I say something? Yeah. Just because your defense didn't look great in this game doesn't mean you need to sign the honey badger for a massive extension like i, I love mean, you don't have the the we broke that down we broke it season. down like it it's not financially advantageous for you to do right now unless something happens or an unlikely move happens that we don't see check out some previous episodes to know why mm-hmm. uh but the the key thing is that the chiefs survive the chiefs got a key win over a team that should compete for their division which means come like uh tiebreakers for playoff seating that's important so, all in all, the Chiefs won. They're going to face a Baltimore team next that lost to Las Vegas, but we'll have a pissed off for that as well. Now, the Dallas Mavs made a move. Oh? Oh. So, I think the Mavs just bought a lottery ticket. Oh? Is, is basically what they just did by signing. Frank Nilakina? Yeah, out of New York. A once top 10 pick in 2017, still in his early 20s, under 25, mm-hmm. the Frenchman. Uh, but do you want to explain like the whole lottery aspect behind it or do you kind of want me to take it away here? Um, just to kind of sum it up, it's basically like you're buying something real cheap and hoping to get the best outcome possible. Absolutely. And, and if I- you can do that, this is a great, great pickup. And, and here's like a comp to think about. Not necessarily the same position, but a lottery type ticket type thing. Do you remember Tyson Chandler? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the story was him before he, what he before he came to the Mavs? Actually, no. He was a injury-prone guy who can't stay healthy enough oh. to live up to his potential. In bursts, he looked good, but he always, always got hurt. So why not go for another guy that has potential? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, if your streak is good, sure. You got a good track record. I mean, even if your streak is terrible, like, what do you, like, it's cheap. This didn't even cost a draft pick. You got the number eight guy for nothing. That's fair. You are a franchise that traditionally does well with foreign players and getting their potential. Like, was Maxi Kleba 
a high, highly sought after guy. Absolutely not. But now, like, I think any team would be glad to have Maxi for at least 15 minutes a night. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, there's there's that aspect of you being able to develop overseas players. Luka Doncic, need I say more? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah. Dirk being a Dirk, JJ Barea. Yep. You know, these are players where you got, like look at JJ for example. JJ Barea had a great career at the Mavs, went to Milwaukee, flamed out, came back to the Mavs, was JJ Barea again. Mm-hmm. Like there there is something about this Mavs team that does well internationally. So that's that's the bright spot if you're a Mavs fan. It's like it's something, right? Right. And you knew Dennis Smith Jr. wasn't the fix. Why not try this guy who who actually shoots a pretty good three-point ball? Oh, so, that's big. We needed a three-point shot. So if you can get it to where he can stay on the court, not be a liability on defense, mm-hmm. develop something more than just a 3 and D guy because you already got that in Finney and a couple other players. Actually, you know, you're a point guard. Learn how to drive and finish, which is something that Luca could traditionally help him out true, with. true. You've got a you've got a little something here. Like I'm willing to take the risk. Absolutely, it's it's better than Satnam Singh guy that we drafted and never saw the NBA. Right? Like, dang, I had high hopes for him being South Asian and all. <laughs> ah, come on, man, come on, man. I'm just I'm just I'm not saying, but I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. If you're willing to use a second rounder on Satnam, why not sign a, a cheap guy in Neil yeah. Aquino who has high potential? And it makes sense. Can I bring out one more example? Sure. Look at Just look at the NFL. Look at Ryan Tannehill, a high draft pick in Miami. Looked garbage. What does he do his first year in Tennessee? Turns that team around, takes them to the playoffs. That's true. I mean, maybe that wasn't all him, but yes. Well, I mean, you look at it, he replaced Mariota. On Tennessee, right? And that was the difference in the catalyst for that team to start to win. I'm not saying these gambles always pay off, but when they do, you look like a genius. And, like, Mm -hmm. no one else is going to sign him. Why not roll the dice? And if he looks bad, cut cut him him in camp. (laughs) It's worth the risk. You have opportunities for this to work out. So there is a precedent of it happening. Sure. So... That's what I like about the Mavs doing this. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I mean, I feel better about that now that we've talked it out. You know what I don't feel good about, by the by? What? Why is the All-Star game in Cleveland? Like, ugh. I think I did hear that somewhere. Just crushing. And I was just like, what? okay? Because, like, when we oh, were... Oh, yeah, that's right. We did talk about this. Because we were then... thinking about going to it because we had such we a... Were? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I was okay. thinking about I it. Mean, hey, I mean, I'm always down. I just, I didn't know. I mean, because, like, I had such a ball in Chicago. Hey, wait. Isn't the All-Star game usually around, like, Valentine's Day weekend? Uh-huh. Yeah. It was that's be... when the Super Bowl is going to be this year. No. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Because now that it's 17 games, it's like conflicting. No, no. Uh, they changed the third preseason. Or the, they got rid of the I'll look it up. Look it up. Because we were talking about it today at uh, work. Uh, are you sure? Yep. Are you sure? I don't know. I do verify. I'm, Trust I'm verify. trying. I'm trying to verify right now. Uh, I'm trying to get that, that date for you. Oh, my God. Super Bowl is on the 13th of February. Just called it All right. Let me see if they move the NBA All-Star game. Yeah, hopefully they did, because that would suck to have that conflicting weekend. Uh, they moved it a week later, so it's oh, now it's President's good. Day weekend. Okay, good. Smart. And you get the day off if you're a banker or a teacher. Yeah, or a garbage cool. man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, any civil servant. Yep. There we go. Look at the okay. garbage man out here in these streets. Right. 
Oh, if you are garbage man, listen to our show. Hit us up at <laughs> i35 Sports CXN on Twitter. And thank you for all you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, like I'm pumped about the moves. Like this is the mm-hmm. first Maz move of the offseason that I'm really thrilled about. Yeah, because um, there were none. <laughs> there were none in the offseason. Yeah, roster wise, there, there right? wasn't any moves. Was and nothing. like you, you brought Nico and Kid in hoping a big fish is going to land and nothing happens. And now yep. we're in the same position. Hey, two, three years from now when money frees up. Um, yeah, we're not in it for the two, three years. We want shit now. Yeah, but I will say Jason Kidd in his first year in Milwaukee really turned up that offense. So hopefully there is some type of like chemistry factor that boosts this sure. team. But hope you enjoyed the show. Hit us up at I-35 Sports CXN on Twitter. And check out us for those pit stops on the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Yep. And while you're at it, if you happen to be on YouTube, check us out on the Purple Pride podcast on the Down the Line Sports Channel. Like and subscribe. That's where we give you our K-State content. We out.